Welcome to the Stone Builders Hour with Pastor Gary and Elder JC. Hello, radio and podcast land. It's me, JC, and we are here again to, with another scriptural adventure. You know, last week we met with the prophet Malachi and examined his calling by the Almighty and events that he was confronted with during his lifetime. Today we'll meet another mighty man of God. And guess who? James, the brother of Yeshua, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. (laughs) All right. Imagine growing up with a brother, sister, or childhood friend. Somebody you played with. Hey, mm-hmm. went to elementary school, you mean high like Bobcat. school. Yeah, a friend named Bobcat. Uh, <laughs> even someone like that. Then one day out of the clear blue sky, your brother or sister or friend claims to be Jehovah's chosen one. Well, I look over. I have five brothers and two mm-hmm. sisters. And... It would be a sight if one of them came back home, knowing, especially my five brothers, they were always in the neighborhood just playing and doing certain things. But I couldn't imagine them coming home and saying that they were the Messiah, although they would have looked like him. Oh, praise <laughs> God. You know, with a, a burnt like bronze, bronze feet and, yes. and hair like wool. Yes. Praise God. You know, and it would be hard to wrap your mind around it. You know, just like you said, you know, Bobcat, Bobcat being the Messiah right now <laughs> because he says so. And, and just like, what if uh, your brothers JC uh, Jr. or BJ claim mm. to be the, the son of the Almighty? Uh, what would you say or think? Well, who knows? I was very spiritual growing up, so it could have been, could have been the one. Well, praise <laughs> God. Well, for the Apostle James, brother of Yeshua, this wasn't just an imaginary situation. During James' early years, he doubted that Yeshua or Jesus Christ was the Savior. But later in his life, He not only became a follower, but became a leader in the church in Jerusalem and wrote the New Testament book that bears his name. He sure did, because in Matthew 13, 55, he identifies James as one of Mary's sons. And we can begin reading at verse 54, which states, coming to his hometown, of course, Nazareth, he began teaching the people in their synagogue. And they were amazed. But, you know, he was still considered only a child. Where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers, they asked? Verse 55, isn't this the carpenter's son? You know, that that's what they would say about Bobcat. Isn't, yeah. Bobcat? <laughs> isn't his mother's name Mary? And aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Verse 56. Aren't all his sisters with us? So you know what they were doing, questioning who he was. As in any family, you would be getting the church. In the synagogue. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeshua came from a big family. So as Matthew 13, 55 through 56 names Yeshua's brothers, it said James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas, and mentioned sisters, plural. 
he had at least six siblings. I guess I could have been yeah. with Yeshua at the time, although we know he was born. Yeah, there was know, 80 years ago. Yes, it was. <laughs> 2,000 years, years ago. ago. So we're a little bit out of date and a little bit more than what his uh, his family were. Praise God. In John uh, 7, uh, 1 through 4, uh, Jesus' brothers mocked him. Both his friends and because sometimes brother is used as friend, not only by birth, but, you know, by relationships, by uh, cousins, mm-hmm. you know, by, cousins. they call brother was an affectionate uh, uh, name. Yes. But uh, verse five tells us why. For even his own brothers did not believe in him. Mm. This is towards the end of Yeshua's ministry, maybe six months before his crucifixion. This is after Yeshua healed a man who had been disabled for 38 years. Mm-hmm. And then in John 5, 2 through 9, he fed 5,000 from a little boy's lunch. Yes. And, and then he walked on water in John 6, 6, 16. Even after two years of miracles, James was a skeptic. If it was up to you, wouldn't it be hard to swallow that your brother who you've known your entire life was really the son of God? Yes, it would be. Since you mentioned both Judy and BJ, <laughs> knowing the things that they were into growing up as boys. Yes, it, in a way, it would probably make me short circuit thinking about mm. this is the Christ, the one that Isaiah forecasted, Daniel. So we have a lot to discuss today with James. And of course, Pastor, yeah, yeah. you're taking on that role again. Yes, yes, yes. So we'll begin our journey with James, the brother of Yeshua, Jesus Christ. But first, don't forget, please visit our sponsor, Dr. Elton Powell of Dynamic Spine and Wellness Center. You can reach him at dynamicspineandwellness.com or call us number. and let them know that the Stone Builders referred to. Yes, indeed. We'll be right back after this break with James. You know my name. Yes, you know my name. You know my name. My name is Anne-Marie Baker and I used to have severe excruciating right arm and neck pain thanks to spinal decompression therapy from Dynamic Spine and Wellness Center. I no longer have any pain or discomfort and my issues were resolved without having any surgery. Dynamic Spine and Wellness Center has helped me enjoy my life again. At Dynamic Spine and Wellness Center, we unlock your potential to be the best version of you and build your body to excellent health. Hi, my name is Dr. Powell, and we take pride in giving you fast and friendly service that is tailored to your needs. We provide safe, comfortable, and effective treatments using state-of-the-art equipment. Life is full of adjustments, so get yourself realigned for better, healthier future today. Call 402-9061. That's 402-9061. Dynamic Spine and Wellness Center. Online at dynamicspineandwellness.com. 
Tune in to the Stone Builders Hour, a unique talk show hosted by Pastor Gary and Elder JC every Thursday at 5 o'clock on Wave 94.1. Make time to attend a real down-home auction with the family. Gospel Express Ministry South is hosting its 25th benefit auction when Saturday, November 14th at the Lighthouse Children's Home, where 7771 East Mayhem Drive in beautiful Tallahassee. Bid on Amish-made furniture, craft items, quilts, and tools. Also, farm fresh food items such as apples, cheeses, and other tasty treats like home-baked goodies. Yum! Breakfast starts at 7.30 a.m. and auction at 9. Stay for lunch and enjoy baked or barbecued chicken. For details, contact Meryl Dittweiler, 850-447-2033. Contact Meryl at 850-447-2033. Welcome back to the Stone Builders Hour with Pastor Gary and Elder J.C. Hello. And we're going to discuss a little bit of James' background. But before we connect, please be aware that you can listen to all our shows at your convenience. That means anytime. Some of us, like myself, I'm up in the middle of the night. I'm not sure what I can do to get myself back to sleep. But it's always good. I can go to Spotify. SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Music, and tune in to listen not only to our shows, but to other stories that can support what we are trying to spread right now. And that is the good news. Yes. We're also asking to you to support uh, as a stone builder supporter to support us with gifts by going to our website, welivingstones.org or Cash App. Dollar sign L Stones 51. One of the things that we are doing this year through the remainder of the year is Pastor and I have celebrated 48 years of marriage, and we are asking our listeners for a special and recurring blessing of either $4.80. That's a good amount. $48. Better amount. $480. Best amount. And for those who can, $4,800. $4,800. Hallelujah amount. <laughs> so we want to be able to just support this program, get the message out. And our whole goal is to spread the good news. And we know that the airways is one of the best way to do that. So right now we're going to hear the rest of the story, James. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have many questions for him. And I think we've been thinking about some but one that we wanted to start off with is what was it like growing up in Nazareth and having Yeshua as a brother? And of course, we use the name Yeshua to all, to mean Jesus. Well, Elder JC, I'm honored to share with your audience. Well, Nazareth lay in the hills 12 miles southwest of the Sea of Galilee with some of the best fertile land, especially for farming. Mm. The city at that time had a population of about 400, so pretty much everyone knew each other. 
the people were physically robust because they were farmers, fishermen, and they were workers up the forest and in the mountains. And my, especially my father, who was a carpenter. Yes, I know that. Yes. Yeah. Followed in his footsteps. Yes, indeed. They all had six packs. <laughs> Hard work was a daily because it was necessary in order to survive. Mm. The people of Nazareth were strong minded, practical, respectful of tradition, and loyal to family. Great. Our language was aromatic that had a strong poetic tradition. My dad, Joseph, and my mother, Mary, taught us that being able to talk well was a value skill along with reading, mm-hmm. writing, and studying the Torah. All right. My brother, Yeshua, was just like any other kid. Of course. As an older brother, uh, he would wrestle with us. He would play hide and seek, go fishing, and help our father in his carpentry shop. Jesus would always look out for us as any big brother would do. Our family was an ordinary family in the village of Nazareth. Hmm, Sounds like a peaceful community. Yet when Yeshua returned home to Nazareth, he was met with a lot of animosity. Can you share insight why Yeshua was rejected by his very own village? (laughs) Yes. Yes, I will. And it's going to be a long answer. My brother was about 30 years old when he began his ministry and left Nazareth a long time ago. After he was baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River, Yeshua was led to the desert and fasted 40 days and night and then tempted by the deceiver to no avail. You can find details of his time in the desert in another uh, uh, apostle, Luke, in chapter 4, verse 1 through 13. Afterwards, Yeshua traveled to Jerusalem for the Passover, where he began teaching in the synagogues. After leaving Jerusalem, he finally came home to Nazareth, where we all grew up. On the Sabbath, my brother went into the synagogue and began to read aloud the words of the prophet Isaiah 61, 1 through 2. Would you care to read it, Elder J.C.? Yes, I'd be honored, but I'm sure coming back and entering the synagogue and picking up the scriptures or the Torah and reading it, I think had probably a lot of people's eyes and ears open. But Isaiah foretold of his coming 700 years before Yeshua's birth. So he came in with what I always say, with authority when he read the scriptures. Isaiah 61, 1 through 2 reads, The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. Oh, God. I can feel I get the power of the Holy Spirit. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted Mm. to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. Second verse, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. I am just amazed at that verse. I, I think you did a little bit probably international version because I do like King James and because I think it just gives just a little bit more pepper uh, to the points that they're trying to make. 
Well, after Yeshua uh, was reading the scriptures in the synagogue, my brother, he sat down and everyone's eyes were on him. I'm sure. As he explained, today, as you listen, this scripture has been fulfilled. What? <laughs> he kept, he proclaimed what? Boy, what he was saying is, it's me who Isaiah wrote about and were coming true. Although the town folks never heard of anyone speak like my brother, some people remembered him from his youth and asked, isn't this the son of Joseph? Mm. So uh, <laughs> what's that say? Once you grow up, you never you can't, can't, uh, can't remove that stigma of who yeah. you were back then. But somehow he's changed. Yes, the scripture in Luke 14, 14 through 30 notes, all the people in the synagogue were furious when yes. they heard this. Because why? He said, I'm God. He I'm said, the Christ. I'm fulfilled. Right. They were waiting for a king king. Right. <laughs> they, Not a carpenter's son. Right. But then if they really were reading their scriptures and studying they would realize that that was Christ. I'm going to come back to that in a moment. They got up, drove Yeshua out of the town, and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. Now, that's furious. <laughs> because Nazareth was a community on, on the hills. Hill, right. But Yeshua walked right through the clouds and went on his way. So they probably go, where are you at? Where you at? Where, where, where'd he go? Where'd he go? He was just right here. I had him. I had him. <laughs> he didn't but, have a way of, of getting away from yes, crowds of people and blending until in. Until it was his time to, yeah. to be crucified. He, he let himself get caught. Yes, he did. But one of the things that in studying other verses and some of the other uh, books of the Bible, one of the things that it contends that because the Pharisees and the Sadducees during that time period had taken those Ten Commandments and made them into a thousand different ways mm -hmm. and techniques that they were supposed to keep the commandments, that people lost sight of who they were looking for. So when Yeshua came, they didn't recognize him. And what did he do? He did leave the Jews to go out to find the Gentiles. This is a good time to hear from our sponsors, yeah. and I am just excited to hear more from James. So we're going to stay tuned as we continue to talk with the Apostle James, brother of Jesus. Be right back. When I am down and oh, my soul so weary, when troubles come, and my heart burdened be Then I am still and wait here In the silence Until you come and stay a while with If someone loves you, they don't hit you. Hi, this is Dewey Rio with Noble, the National Organization of Black Law Enforcement Executives. 
Dating or relational violence is an act or threat of violence by one member of a couple against the other person in a relationship. It's also when one partner tries to maintain power and control over the other through abuse or violence. The abuse can include isolating you from others, threatening you, your family, or even themselves if you don't do what they want, physical violence, or sexual acts. This is not about love. It's about control. It's not about anything you did wrong. It's about control. If you're in a relationship like this, you're not alone. There is help. Contact Refuge House, your school guidance counselor, or law enforcement. Just remember, there is help. This message is presented by this radio station and the North Florida chapter of Noble. For more information, visit noblenorthflorida.com, and together we can promote justice by action. Hi, I'm Cheryl Bolt. I met Pastor Gary Montgomery and his wife, JC, at Livingstones International while working here at Wave 94. I love Pastor Gary and JC. I love their hearts. I love their passion for the families who are affected by incarceration. Imagine how you would feel if you were unable to be with your children because of choices you now regret, choices that landed you in prison. We may never know the difference LSI, Livingstones International, is making for these families. What if LSI didn't have the funds to reach out to the children whose mom or dad or both were serving time? This is why I became a monthly LSI sponsor. Would you please consider giving to help support this important ministry? Give whatever God leads you to give as a one-time gift or as a monthly sponsor. Your giving will change lives and will encourage Pastor Gary and JC to continue the work they now are so committed to do. Go to their website, welivingstones.org, or Google Livingstones International Tallahassee and support this worthwhile ministry. Thank you. Man, do I love card night. You ready, boys? You got a king? Go fish that! Oh, come on! <laughs> this is WWE superstar Titus O'Neil. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Stone Path Stone Builders <laughs> Hour. Good, I was going to say with Pastor. Need a cup of coffee? Yes, I did. No, I don't need any more of that. And Elgin JC might have too much. Uh, today, I have the pleasure to interview Apostle James, i.e. Pastor Gary. Uh, so we're going to stay tuned to the rest of the story. But I wanted to go back when Pastor read um, when we had read uh, Isaiah sixty one. One one of the things that I like is the King James Version because it just gives, I think, a little bit more oompa-pa. So Isaiah 61.1 reads, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Mm. And to to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord in the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, three, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called 
trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. So sometimes I think we don't think how important that fulfillment is in looking at Yeshua right now. So as we go through this, um, James, we, we notice your epistle is a short book of morals, doctrinal and literary masterpiece. Thank you. While some believe its content are at odds with the writings of Apostle Paul, you emphasize living according to the perfect law, the law of liberty and the royal law, which to me means the king and the only king that I have is, is God Almighty. Can you go into details on your thoughts and belief behind the book that you wrote? Yes, Elder JC. I wrote in James one twenty-five. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, Mm. this one will be blessed in what he does. And in 2.8, I write, if you really fulfill the royal law according to scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And you do well. You see, these scriptures are firmly within the same Judaic tradition of Apostle Paul, and a close examination of our central concepts will reveal our complementary nature of our thinking. That those verses about the law of liberty and the royal law and the perfect law. You really need that in your time of today, twenty twenty, because. No one is hearing, or not say no one, but there are many who aren't hearing the word. There are many who are not doer of his works. And and there are many that don't love their neighbor anymore. I mean, with the rioting that's going on in major cities, with uh, the right don't like the left and the left don't like the right, uh, with all the conflict that, that is happening right now, you will. That's why things are at a difficult time in your time frame right now because no one is following the royal law according to scripture. Well, part of I know what you talked about during your time was just the complete shameful neglect of certain Christian duties. That's our duty to be obeying the law. And you set forth some practical claims of the gospel at that time. So you emphasize in James 1.1 that you had to have complete submission to God and the Lord Jesus Christ, or as we always say, Yeshua. And addressing your audience across a wide area, we're talking about to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. Why address the 12 tribes? Well, coming from a Jewish background, and studying the Torah, all of my brothers and sisters became aware of the history of ancient Israel and its origins with the 12 sons of Jacob. True. That many of their descendants, not just those from the tribe of Judah, have been dispersed throughout captivity, persecution, and migration. This explains this reference. Note, I was writing to our brother descended from these tribes, and what is uh, now consider the area of Diaspora, 
today's Mediterranean and Middle East re, uh, uh, regions, uh, as in Acts uh, 2, 9 through 11. Uh, the Parthian, the Medes, and the Emulites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, uh, Phygia, and Phyphilia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, uh, uh, Cretanian and Arabs, we speak them speaking in our, our own language the wonderful works of God. And in 1 Peter 1, 1, Peter writes uh, to the pilgrims of the dispersion of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Blithenai. And in John seven thirty five, boy, I'm doing pretty good with some of yeah, these words of these cities during which that time Which means we're everywhere. Then the Jews said among themselves, where does he intend to go that we shall not find him? Mm. Does he intend to go to the dispersion among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? Mm. So I was addressing uh, the 12, the, they, sometimes they call them the lost 12 tribes, yes. but because of uh, captivity, because of disobedience to the Almighty, we have been scattered throughout not only world. that land, but now scattered throughout the world. Yep. But I'd like to note the followers of Jesus in any age of time have one experience in common. They face trials of faith for a great purpose. And James, you address this at the outset of your epistle, talking in James in your in your book one three, the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Yes. And I think a lot of people today don't want to have that steadfastness. They want to have it without the strife, without the test, which in turn brings spiritual completion in the form of eternal life, such as, as in James 1.12. It states, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, mm. for when he has been approved, I love it, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord had promised to those who love him. And remember when he left, when Yeshua left, he says, I go to prepare your mansion. Yes. So, Lord, I'm, I'm looking for my mansion. Thus, James, you can uh, contextualize uh, trying circumstances in the light of spiritual development. And if trials cause us to recognize our need for wisdom in dealing with them, then we should ask Almighty for such help and confidence. It, it always says that you said later uh, about having a uh, asking if we need wisdom, who do we ask? We ask for God. So double mindedness achieves nothing. That's right. I mean, except a lot of confusion. Mm-hmm. Quiet trust, trust in the Almighty guidance and help is the key. James 1, 5 through 8 reads, "If and that was the one I was leading to, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith. How do we ask, audience? In, in faith, faith. With no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. 
I don't know. I think we've seen a lot of occasion of that going on. So we have a lot of double-minded people walking around. Wealth affords little protection against these kind of problems. We've seen that too. We've seen how, when you were talking about the writing that you've seen in this age, how they're now going into the more affluent neighborhoods. People think they're going to get away from it. The rich will eventually fade like uh, the grass of the field, James 1, 9 through 11. And it states, let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation. I'm sure a lot of poor people are saying, huh? Mm -hmm. But the rich in his humiliation, because as a flower of the field, he will pass away. For no sooner has the sun risen with a burning heat than it withers the grass. Its flower falls and its beautiful appearance perishes. So the rich man also will fade away in his pursuits. And that is so true. Right now we just did some planning and I've been trying to water it to make sure that they are getting enough water because when you first uh, plant plants, uh, you really have to make sure they get enough water. But today I just noticed uh, we looked outside and they were drooping. So it means I have to water them some more. But it's the same thing. The sun comes out, the flowers fade, and everything just falls to dust. Too much. Praise God. You know, in addition, I want to caution your audience against falling into the trap Mm. of blaming Jehovah for difficulties we bring onto ourselves by succumbing to sin. Mm. I write in my book, James 1 through 13 through 15, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. How true. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. Mm. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. Isn't that what happened to Eve? She saw that the fruit was good. She took a bite, even though she knew what God had already spoken to them about. Now, whether it was an apple or whether it was a piece of fruit or was it just sin in period, Mm -hmm. she knew what she wasn't supposed to do. Also, Jehovah gives good gifts Mm -hmm. to his children, not the evil consequences of our own wrong actions. Thankfully, the Almighty is unlike fallible and variable humanity. He is the father of lights. Yes, he is. With whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Thank you, Lord. We can rely on him implicitly if we so choose. He is the one who has willed that his people be given truth in this life before others receive it Mm. so that they will become a kind of first fruits of his creatures. And I wrote in James... Uh, 1 uh, through uh, 17, 18. Every good and perfect gift gift is from from above. above. Yes. Coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. 
He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruit of all he created. Praise God. Which means we can't talk our way into heaven. We have mm. the, what is it? By walk to walk and talk to talk, talk, talk. We're enjoying sharing the word with James and with our audience, but now we must recognize our sponsors. Fellow listeners, you can become a Stone Builders partner by advertising on the Stone Builders Hour. You hear some of the ads and some of the commercials we have. We welcome you to come. Contact us either by calling us at 850-219-0091 or email info at welivingstones.org. And again, that's info at welivingstones.org. We'll be right back. to the Stone Builders Hour, a unique talk show hosted by Pastor Gary and Elder JC every Thursday at 5 o'clock on Wave 94.1. Ever been to a real down-home auction? Gospel Express Ministries is hosting its 25th benefit auction Saturday, November 14th at the Lighthouse Children's Home, 7771 East Mayhem Drive in Tallahassee. Bid on homage-made furniture, craft items, quilts, and tools. Also farm-fresh apples, cheeses, and butter. Breakfast starts at 7.30 a.m. and auction at 9. Contact Merrill Ditwaller, 850-447-2033. Man, what did you get on that math test? Dude, I failed it. I got F. Bro, it was kind of hard, but I got to be on it. I thought I knew the answers, but I missed some days from school. Are you sick? Nah, I just didn't feel like coming. Look, man, every day you miss school, you fall further behind in your classes. You miss information that help you pass quizzes and tests. It's important that you come to school. Don't become a statistic. When you skip school, you miss out on your potential. For more information, contact the Leon County Schools Office of Prevention, Intervention, Equity, and Services at 487-7306. Welcome back to the Stone Builders Hour. We are here with Apostle James, yes. brother of Yeshua, the yes. Messiah, the Christ. That's my bro. All right. But before we get started, we wanted to make an announcement of an upcoming farm share this Saturday, 1017 at Madison County Sumter A. James Park. It's going to be at 8 a.m. And then again, we're having the following Saturday on 1024, we'll be at the Gene Cox Stadium parking lot, right next to the fairgrounds. And that will start at 8 a.m. Hosts are Bill Proctor, the Bond Community Health Clinic, and they will be doing, I heard, uh, COVID-19, COVID-19 testing. testing. So we're going to have it set up. So if you want to be tested, we'll be able to do that um, after you pick up your food. Cumulus Media, Capital City, Chamber of Commerce, and Livingstones International. So again, that's 1017 at Madison County Sumter A. James Park at 8 a.m. And on 1024, Gene Cox Stadium parking lot at 8 a.m. James, we just had to get in a few commercials about of our course, farms I'm here. We, we try to feed the community. This has been a 
trying time with our COVID nineteen. Well, you know, my brother did feed five thousand yes, just yes, a few pieces did. of fish yes. and, uh, and some bread. Yeah, chips. that would be a nice miracle. But yes. we we at least have supplies for everyone. Yeah, our last one we did five hundred okay, so, and fifty families and households. All so, right. Praise God. James, what do you have to say about our human nature? Woo. Well, I place emphasis on the practice of right living found early in my epistles. All right. At the close of the first chapter, I set the tone for what will follow. For instance, I drew contrast between natural human ways of behaving. We are slow to hear quick to speak, and quick to anger Mm. in God's way. Human anger cannot produce godly righteousness. Yes. It is the word of God that instructs us in right ways. But knowing this is not enough, we must act on what we know to be right. Otherwise, it is like looking at our image in the mirror Mm-hmm. seeing what is wrong and doing nothing to remedy what we find. I wrote that in James 1, uh, 23. Thus, defining meaningful religion is the core in terms of both self-control and positive outgoing action. Mm-hmm. I say, if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, This person's religion is worthless. Wow. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. That's in James 1, 26 through 27. The theme of acting on belief will reoccur throughout my epistle. Mm. It appears the law of Jehovah... James covers all aspects of human behavior in principle, and you give examples of how belief should result in changed, law-abiding behavior. First, you write that favoring one person over another according to his or her wealth and status has no place in the godly value system. And we see that in your book, James 2, 1 through 9. And that states, my brothers and sisters, believe in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes and a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand there, sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my dear brothers and sisters, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who loved him? But you have dishonored the poor. Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are blaspheming the noble name of him to whom you belong? If you really keep the rural law found in scripture, love your neighbor That's right. as you love yourself. You are doing right. But if you show favoritism, your sin 
you and your sin and are convicted by you're convicted as a lawbreaker. And somehow did we forget Yeshua's the famous Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes? Yes. Those are all the things he said who would be blessed. After all, you state it is too often the wealthy who exploit and disadvantage the poor. They may even disparage the name of Jesus. James, you give examples involving two men, and we've just read that verse, coming in, one is well-dressed, the other is shabbily dressed and poor. And you said that respecting the first over the other because of wealth and social standing would be wrong. It would be dishonoring, humiliating the poor. But also showing partiality is breaking one part of the law by not loving your neighbor as yourself. How soon we forget one of the two great overall principles of the Ten Commandments. And we can read about that and I'll read it to you in Matthew 22, 35 through 40. And that states one of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Yeshua replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Yes, indeed. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Boy, How simple Simple. it is if we were just abide by those two commands. He doesn't make it hard at all for you. It doesn't. God is, he keeps it simple. That's right. And breaking law is sin. It is a biblical concept that keeping all but one law still renders us accountable. Yes. For example, by refusing to commit adultery, but on the other hand, committing murder... It is as if we are guilty of breaking the whole law. In James 2.10, he says, For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. For he who said, Ye shall not commit adultery, also said, Ye shall not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but do commit murder, you have become a lawbreaker. Mm. The idea here is that the law cannot be divided into important and less important commands. We must adhere to all of it, realizing that the Almighty will judge us according to his principles, which if kept in the spirit, free us from the penalty of sin, eternal death, James uh, 2.12, speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. So I conclude by stating that those who show mercy, love, and justice to the poor, in this example, will receive mercy when judgment comes. Well, you do give a second example, but one of the things that I wanted to go back a little bit is really in your first epistle, James 1.1. James, a bondservant of God and Lord Jesus Christ. That's how you described yourself to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. But you said to people, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Yes. 
I know I get a little bit excited when I have a trial, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And we talked about that. If any of you lacks wisdom, ask of God and ask in faith because otherwise you're a double-minded man. Mm. One of the things I believe that is being discussed here is becoming a Christian does not automatically exclude a believer from difficulties. Sometimes we believe we're Christians, we shouldn't have any difficulties. Or when we have difficulties, we think we're doing something wrong. Or, you know, the de- we, we say the devil's help, help injuring me, but we don't see it as something that we need to, like a test that we need to walk through. Um all you gotta do is think of Joe. Yeah, well, that that that's too much. I, I'm not sure I want all of that. But the proper attitude in meeting adversity is to count it all joy. So we should be saying, "This is helping me to be a joyful person. This is something that's going to bless me." Which is not an emotional reaction, but a deliberate, intelligent appraisal of the situation from God's perspective. Viewing trials as a means of moral and spiritual growth. We do not rejoice in the trials themselves. Let's face it, we go through some difficulty. I don't want to rejoice in that, but in the possible result. Testing carries the idea of proving our genuineness. Our genuineness. Trials serve as a discipline to purge our faith of dross. Stripping away what is false. Dross being uh, things that are unnecessary. Patience is not a passive resignation to adverse circumstances, but a positive steadfastness that bravely endures. So your second example of the requirement for faith is to be demonstrated into action. By pointing out the needs of believers who are hungry. And I know that's been one of your passions is farm share because we feel that that is the easiest way to help people not only during this uh, this pandemic, but also just to be able to help people to put something on their table and to be able to feed their children and families. So I know you're very excited when farm share comes. I know you're excited when the truck comes. I know we have lots of volunteers who come out and, and hey, we'll get, I was just going to say a shout out to our volunteers who come faithfully to help out packaging up the food and getting it ready for delivery. But you also say it's a form of hypocrisy to hear their pleas. And that means people who are hungry, the poor, express hope for their eventual nourishment and yet do nothing practical to help. I mean, work don't eat. (laughs) Yes. Hey, how about it? Faith must be proven by works. He wants you to take one step. Yeah. I want to go to college. Well, why don't you apply? Yeah. I want to go to trade school. Or do well where you're at, like in high school. So without faith, without that, without proving your faith, it's dead. And that shows up in James 2, 14 through 17, where we talk about without faith, um, works are dead. But it, it states, what good, 
is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. And we've done quite a few of those kinds of things in our ministry. We've had uh, benevolence. We've had uh, working with individuals to put food on the table. So, job, yes, employment, training. Exactly. So we see the needs and we try to fulfill those needs. Citing the case of Abraham, you, James, shows uh, that the patriarch's faith was accompanied by works. And as a result, Abraham became known as the friend of God. In James 2.23, and it states, And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was God, called God's friends. And, that you know, that took faith. Yeah. Because he was about to kill his only son that he had to do those things. So faith alone is insufficient. Yes. And just as I said, you walk the walk, you talk the talk. You got to be able to do what we need to do. I want to be a friend of God. Yes, friend of Jesus. Well, we're going to take our believe our final break. Stay tuned. How we supposed to have peace outside when the world been getting hit with this peace outside? Have you heard how Jesus said, "Peace be quiet" to the seas that tried to drown him in the midst of the night? Yeah, I know we all mourn. Where you gonna turn when the sky storming? I know the pain's here, but the love is too I know it rains here, but the sun comes through Yeah, yeah, yeah And maybe all this pain that we've been holding Is a burden he can carry any moment Fill my cup until your love is overflowing Build me up from all these pieces that were broken I couldn't find a way until you made it They tried to take your life, but then you gave it That's how far you came Hi, I'm Cheryl Bolt I met Pastor Gary Montgomery and his wife, JC, at Living Stones International while working here at Wave 94. I love Pastor Gary and JC. I love their hearts. I love their passion for the families who are affected by incarceration. Imagine how you would feel if you were unable to be with your children because of choices you now regret, choices that landed you in prison. We may never know the difference LSI, Livingstones International, is making for these families. What if LSI didn't have the funds to reach out to the children whose mom or dad or both were serving time? This is why I became a monthly LSI sponsor. Would you please consider giving to help support this important ministry? Give whatever God leads you to give as a one-time gift or as a monthly sponsor. Your giving will change lives and will encourage Pastor Gary and JC to continue the work they now are so committed to do. Go to their website, welivingstones.org, or Google Livingstones International Tallahassee and support this worthwhile ministry. Thank you. 
Guess who? It's me, Elder JC, asking your support for Livingstone's Parenting Engagement Services. What is it? It will help parents be more active in their children's lives. Other ways to support? Donate online at WeLivingStones.org or call us at 850-219-0091. Remember, your donation is tax-deductible. Everyone wants a comfortable, quality, affordable home they can own and be proud of. Affordable home ownership is now reality in Ricola Gardens in Crawfordville. Just 25 minutes from downtown Tallahassee or the beach. The developer with 40 years of experience builds each new home with modern kitchens, with two, three, or four bedrooms, and with many options such as screened-in porches, large garden bathtubs, and built-in electric generator plug-in outlets to help you make it through the next storm. Down payment and closing assistance for multiple government programs, credit repair, and mortgage loans are available. Call or text Lamar, 850-727-3532 for an appointment to see your next home. That's 850-727-3532 or visit LLC.com. That's LLC.com. Well, 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 my, 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 I want to say radio land, radio audience, thank you for returning. And I, Pastor Gary, personally want to thank Elder JC and the Apostle James for spending time with us today. Yes. James' epistle closes with the same emphasis on practical expressions of faith. If there are those among the believers who are suffering... They should pray to the Almighty God about it. If there are those who are happy, they should express praise to the Almighty. Those who are ill should call for the elders of the church and ask for prayers and anointing so that God may heal them. He is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who heals. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals and provides. Yes. If sin has caused their illness, they will be forgiven. Prayer and the confession of sin are essential to healing. The prayer of the righteous for others are very effective. James cites the example of Elijah in 1 Kings 17, 18. Elijah proclaimed a drought And Elijah, the Tisbite of the inhabitants of Gilead, said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these three, these years, except at my word. Elijah prayed that it would not rain. His prayers were so effective that the Almighty God held back the rain for three and a half years. When the time had passed, Elijah prayed that the rains would come back. And you know what? They did. Yes, they did. Praise God. I think one of the things that is pertinent is that beginning in the first verse and continuing throughout the letter, Uh, James always recognizes the lordship of Yeshua, referring to himself as a bondservant. 
But I think one of the things that we need to spend more time in is really talking about the sovereignty of God, of Christ, of Yeshua, and the willingness to commit ourselves to him in service, because that's what it's all about. We just talked about feeding the poor. Uh, We've talked about how we do uh, other types of benevolence. So, in conclusion, James explains that one of the most valuable things we can do for fellow followers of the way of how Jehovah did it is to bring them from here. Yes. It is a practice that produces great reward. And we know that not everyone is going to hear, but God wishes for not one to perish. So let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. That's That's in James 5.20. Yes. Although James was the brother of Jesus, remember that at first, especially if it was my (laughs) own brothers, he was an unbeliever, a non-believer. Because they grew up together. They were kids. They played together. They ate together. You know how it is. Sometimes we become too familiar, even with our own families. But as he watched his brother Yeshua do the things that he did, he came into the knowledge and the belief. His brother, Yeshua, Jesus Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, was (laughs) truly the chosen one. Yes, he was. And I know that uh, he was there. Uh, James was there through not only the crucifixion, but his ascension. Uh, So he was there when he was healing, uh, when he was feeding the the thousands. So he came into the belief and also became a leader of the church and recognized by all of the prophets. Praise God. So we'll have a a closing prayer and uh, we'll have a closing prayer. Praise God. Praise the Almighty Lord. Dear Heavenly Lord, why do I hide behind a mask? You see right through me. When I say I can't or won't, acting humble and meek, is it really out of fear? Or maybe I just don't care. Break down the barriers, O Lord. Open up my hard heart to let you enter inside. Show me, O loving Lord, that true humility is letting you into my life to quiet my fears, to heal my wounds, and to set me free. Let my relationship with you be intimate and clear, united with the Father the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord. Nothing to run from, nothing to hide. Only purity, truth, love, and faithfulness to enter your eternal will. Give me a confident voice, O Lord, to speak simply and clearly of my love for you. Take away my insecurity. May I trust in Christ alone. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 And amen. amen. Praise God. Yes. What a mighty God we serve. 
Well, you know, don't forget Farm Share uh, this Saturday, October the 17th at Madison County at the Sumter James uh, Park. Uh, the giveaway is going to start at 8 o'clock a.m. for our Madison families. And also, uh, Saturday, October 24th, Farm Share is bringing the tractor trailer again. Ooh. That's going to be over 35,000 pounds of food that will be given out on October the 24th. Uh, the giveaway starts at 8 a.m., so you might want to get in line early. And, uh, and that starts at 8, and that will be at the Gene Cox Stadium right. uh, in the parking lot behind the fairgrounds right, right off of Paul Russell. So, uh, hey, guys. Uh, when you see us out there, when you see Elder JC and myself out there, uh, we'll, we'll be very, everybody recognizes us. So just uh, give us a shout out. Hey, call out Stone Builders so All we right. can uh, say hello and thank you. So, hey, until next week, we're out. See ya. like grandmama, telling you where you come from. Said it's kind of like laughter out of the mouths of your loved ones. Catching up with an old friend Reminiscing on back when It's like a summertime sprinkler Street cider with my ice cream cone Said it sounds like a choir Singing hymns, hallelujah It's the voice of God Yeah, it can make a grown man